For some time now in Australia, we've been seeing increasing numbers of people attending Anzac services. For those tuning in from overseas, Anzac stands for Australia and New Zealand Army Corps. The name given to our troops in the First World War as they joined the Allied forces fighting on the Gallipoli Peninsula in 1915. Over a hundred years later, it is the name given to a public holiday set aside to reflect and remember the sacrifice of our servicemen and women as they've served in conflicts, police actions, peacekeeping operations around the world. This is perhaps similar to Veterans Day in the US and in Canada and Remembrance Day in the UK. I'm sure many other countries have similar days set aside for their, in their national calendars for such remembrance. My favourite hymn on Anzac Day is called The Recessional. Each of its two verses end with the line, lest we forget, lest we forget. These words are spoken at the heart of all Anzac services and are a warning and a challenge to remember, lest we forget. The question is, what is it that we must remember? What is it that we should not forget? A hundred years ago, in the years following the First World War, churches all over the country put up honour boards with a list of names of people from their church or parish who signed up and served in the Great War. Recently, my dad and his RSL sub-branch have been documenting and recording all such honour boards in the churches around the Auburn municipality in Sydney. There are four known boards, three of which still exist, and there are hundreds of names on them. Memorials like this have three basic functions. First, an expression of sorrow for the loss of loved ones. Second, an expression of hope that such violence and outrage should never, ever happen again. And third, an expression of pride in those wonderful young people who went to war on our behalf. This makes sense. These were the three basic functions of services on Anzac Day. In the presence of God, during specially constructed church services, Anzac Day would be spent remembering loved ones, expressing hope that war would never happen again, and expressing pride in those who sacrificed themselves for us. These three expressions haven't really changed in the last 100 years, but they have changed in significance and priority. Let me explain. As generations come and go, we find ourselves more and more distant in time from the horror and tragedy of war. And naturally, over time, our grief diminishes. Thank God. Our sense of loss becomes less and less potent. For instance, my grief over a lost great-great-grandfather who I never met is going to be nothing alongside the grief felt by his wife a hundred years ago when she first receives word that he's been killed in action. We still have men and women who serve overseas, but there are far fewer. And we thank God that far fewer of them die in the service of our country. The second thing that happens as war and violence continues, as injustice continues, we become less and less hopeful. Indeed, World War I was originally known as the Great War, the war to end all wars. But just a couple of decades later, a newer, larger, greater world war breaks out. Imagine how the hope for peace was dashed as Hitler's troops swept into Poland. Then imagine the decades of Cold War, threat of incredible violence, Korea, Vietnam, Malaya, Borneo, all of those things stripped away much of the hopeful optimism that we would finally reach a time of peace. So we grieve less and we hope less. Now, since our expression of sorrow is diminished because we are distant from those events, since our, our hope is diminished and darkened, we find that Anzac Day has become more focused on the final reason for remembrance, pride in our military 
as they sacrificed themselves for our nation. Notice that this has changed slightly. Originally, we expressed pride in the men and women, the individuals we knew who served and sacrificed themselves overseas. And since we are so distant from those times and many Australians don't know any serving members of the military and very, very few Australians know anyone or someone who's died in the service, we tend to generalise now and express our pride in our armed forces. This can also be seen in the fact that while we remember, commemorate and show respect to our armed forces on Anzac Day, we still have a long way to go in the way we show respect and concern for our servicemen and women, the actual individuals we are proud of the rest of the year. The current armed services are made up of real people, real men and women who have husbands, wives, children and parents. We, we take these people and we send them to work in incredibly traumatic and tragic conditions and yet often without any clear direction as to what constitutes victory. We teach and train them, but then we do little enough to help them when they come back and we expect them to readjust and settle into some normal sort of life. Every year in the middle of Anzac Day, people stand up and they say more needs to be done to prevent our friends from dying. Our politicians and leaders need to be held to greater account for sending our friends overseas. More needs to be done to support those who return broken and traumatized from their work. They have sacrificed enough. The least we can do is to support them so they do not have to sacrifice more. So this is what is happening to our Anzac Day. But also another significant thing is happening. God is disappearing from Anzac Day. Anzac Day services, like those honour boards, used to be conducted in the presence of God. Even when services weren't held in churches, they still included hymns, prayers, sermons and other liturgical elements. For decades now, all over Australia and New Zealand, the Salvation Army has supported our return servicemen and women through events and services held on Anzac Day. And over the last decade or so, we have begun to notice a shift in these services. As the veterans of the First and Second World Wars fade in our memories, as the hope for peace begins to lose its luster, the songs and stories that surround Anzac Day have begun to shift. Some locally run Anzac services in some locally run Anzac services, hymns about God are being replaced with songs about Australia. Prayers to God are being replaced with poems about war and sacrifice and sermons from padres are being replaced with commemorative addresses by military personnel. Not only is this a great disservice to God, it's a greater disservice to our servicemen and women. God is our higher power. A hundred years ago, God was recognised as the highest power. Australians in 1914 went to war in the belief that it was God's will. Some of our honour boards still have on it the title for God, King and Country. Now, as God is slowly removed from our remembrance services, we find that the ultimate authority, the justification for war, is no longer the ultimate higher power, but instead is simply our nation, our country. Songs like We Are Australian and God Bless Australia to the tune of Waltzing Matilda have replaced Abide With Me and The Recessional. As wonderful as our country and our national leaders are, it's a poor substitute for God as our justification for sending our friends to be sacrificed in foreign fields. The first thing to remember then, the first lest we forget is just that. God is Lord. God is the ultimate authority. It's the meaning of the first verse of the recessional. God of our fathers, known of old, Lord of far-flung battle lines, 
beneath whose awful hand we hold dominion over palm and pine. Lord God of hosts, be with us yet, lest we forget, lest we forget. War is never God's ideal. This highlights a difficult tension, especially when Anzac Day falls on a Sunday. How do we reconcile these feelings, these beliefs with the teachings of Jesus? Particularly in the Sermon on the Mount that we looked at earlier in the year. Love your neighbor, forgive your enemy, love your enemy. If your enemy takes your coat, give him your shirt too. Blessed are the poor, blessed are the gentle, blessed are the peacemakers. Jesus was a rabbi who spent his days as an itinerant street preacher, living off the generosity of strangers and speaking in parables about a new kingdom of God, a radical way of living where the poor were cared for, the oppressed freed, the outcast welcomed in. Jesus came to usher in a countercultural kind of interdependent community in direct opposition to the power-wielding Roman Empire. It was a diverse, barrier-breaking, border-transcending, nation-defying movement of generosity and mutual affection. Jesus was a man of peace. He didn't experience peace. He was crucified. But his sacrifice was a seed of peace, ready to grow in any heart, willing to accept it and let it grow. This is where the second verse of the recessional is so important. Beneath the tumult and the shouting dies, the captains and the kings depart. Still stands thine ancient sacrifice, a humble and a contrite heart. Lord God of hosts, be with us yet, lest we forget, lest we forget. This Anzac Day, in the presence of the peace-loving God, I invite you to join me in prayer. God, we thank you for our friends, our brothers and our sisters, our parents and our children who have died in the service of our country. Whether they died in training exercises, preparing to serve, or, or died at the hands of some enemy, we thank you for them. We express our grief at the incredible loss of life, relationships, family and friends. Please be with those who mourn, those who suffer loss, grief and loneliness, those who are misunderstood and mistreated as they settle into civilian life, those who have been traumatized by being sent into impossible and violent situations. God, we pray for peace. We hold on to the hope that as your message of love and acceptance is planted into more and more hearts, that we would see your alternative kingdom continue to grow as aggression, fear, greed, and pride are all made subservient to your will. Finally, God, as we meet today, remind us that our pride in our nation comes second to the respect and honor we give you. May our leaders make decisions according to your will. May their hearts know you and your kingdom. And may our involvement in war never be something to be glorified, even as we are proud of our servicemen and women who serve, and especially those who pay the supreme sacrifice. Amen.